Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. Recording. Speaking of pineapples, Coxie. Hello and welcome to Pineapple Tuesday. It's the Pineapple Tuesday. Podcast. It's Melbourne Cup Day, actually. Oh, yeah. No one's going to listen to this. No, well, I totally forgot the race was on for the first time ever in my life. Even though I'm not a, a race supporter, as I told our Coffee with Coxie uh, joiners today, I don't really do the horse racing thing. I do do the dressing up thing. And champagne at lunch always goes well. But that was not me this year. This year I was coaching with our amazing board group called The Drills. I had to think really hard which which, which tool? tool are they? <laughs> They're either a tool or a fixing. Yes. Uh, so I was working very hard with The Drills and pleased to do so. So no champagne lunch for me this year. Did you have a champers at lunch work? I actually even forgot it was Melbourne Cup Day. Yeah, see? <laughs> and I've never really... I'm not into horse racing. I mean, we have a horse here on my little farmlet uh, and we love our horse, but I don't, I don't want to say don't agree because it's just, there's all this don't agree with stuff online. I, but, I agree with you. <laughs> um, this is not my thing. I, I don't mm. um, identify as a horse and I don't identify as a horse racing follower. So <laughs> I'm not going to. That makes me too. <laughs> 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 and I wondered if the jockeys were wearing masks because I'm sure they got within one and a half metres of each other. They most certainly would have. I can't have watched it. And I, I don't know. Like you, it's. I wouldn't say that I disapprove. It's just not my thing. No, I don't. I, I don't do the racing bit. And I don't gamble either, Coxie. Um, so it really doesn't have any appeal for me. Uh, you don't like frocking up. I used to. Look, I've, I went to Derby Day. I'd had a conference in Melbourne many years ago and went to Derby Day um, or Derby Day if you live in Tasmania, <laughs> and, uh, which means something different down here because it's a mountain biking mecca derby in Tasmania, which I think is much more appropriate. <laughs> Get the humans all sweating and puffing yes. instead of the poor bloody horses. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, I was in a marquee trackside for Derby Day and it was all very flash and posh and prestigious and we all drank very expensive alcohol and talked a lot of dribble and spent a lot of money gambling on horses that I didn't even know what their names were and <laughs> we all went home and woke up with a hangover. So I would probably choose something else to do with my time. Yeah. But uh, we're not here to talk about gambling. Well, actually, I think I could do a Chucky Norris here, Coxie. I think you possibly could, and if you don't, I'll give it a crack. <laughs> My Chucky Norris segue is on gambling and the subject of gambling and how a lot of business owners are gambling with their family's future by avoiding the uncomfortable conversations at times and the tough decisions that to be honest, if you own a business and you want to be a business owner or you think you do, uh, you might change your mind after this podcast, <laughs> that you just have to do some of the yucky stuff. Mm. Otherwise, you really are gambling with your, your own and your family's uh, livelihood 
mm. by paying it to people who are either not best suited to work on your team or to be your customers or to be your supplier or your banker or your insurance company or you name it and money goes out the door and you avoid confrontation because you know it's pretty uncomfortable and i don't know he's not a bad worker actually he's a pretty good insert trade here and uh, he's all right he goes pretty good on the job site Meanwhile, he takes twice as long to get the job done. Or she, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be sexist towards men. Uh, you know, they take twice as long to get the job done. Or there's always callbacks for that employee. Or that supplier just keeps ratcheting their prices up and they never come to the party with payment terms or support for marketing or anything else. Or you pay all this money out for insurance and they keep narrowing the terms of the policy every year and you think man my premiums are going up and i'm covered for less and less every year but you know what i'm too worried that if i change it won't be any better and so you just keep putting up with it and you go home to your wife and kids because this is mostly to the blokes coxie mm-hmm. I'm, I'm speaking to my brethren and as a fellow conflict and confrontation avoider from all of my life <laughs> <laughs> I, it took me a long time to work out that I was stealing from my family to give to other people because I couldn't face up to the uncomfortable shit. It's challenging. It's awful. It is. It's not pleasant to uh, have some of those really difficult conversations or to take a job from somebody or get in a bit of a argy-bargy with someone about your rates or... There are plenty of uncomfortable situations to get caught in, but I think you've nailed it. And we don't like to get stereotypical on this show and generally we don't. And I think it's a reasonable accuracy with which you speak. Men are very good at avoiding that confrontation generally. That is I, a big generalisation, but I think it's a fair one. I I see it a lot, Coxie, and... And it breaks my heart to see how much husbands, fathers, employers, managers, leaders, tradesmen, it breaks my heart to see them struggle with this stuff because we're saddled with this social expectation that we're leaders and we're meant to be strong and we're meant to be taking care of our families. But we're also told don't, don't show anger and aggression and don't be harsh and and there's all this conflict and I don't want to stray too far into social commentary because that's a minefield in 2020. <laughs> yeah. And it's real Coxie. It's there. When you and I work with these guys that just, they're trying to juggle all of these balls and keep them in the air and you can't, no, you, you can't. can't, you can't keep everybody happy. It makes me really sad to see how hard some of the people we're talking about work. I think it's pretty, this is pretty general across the trades, end of story. But to see how hard these tradies are working, back-breaking, horrible, hot, dirty, filthy, yucky work, and then they let it go through the unwillingness to have those uncomfortable conversations. They drop their rate to keep a customer happy, to, yes. to, to keep a job or win a job that they desperately need to get to keep the wheels turning and keep, food on the table and I'm painting, you know, a necessarily grim picture for a lot of people out there in business. And if that's you listening to this, then please, if you 
feel like you're not sure what to do next, reach out to us here at Tradies in Business. We can definitely help. We have a fantastic community that can support you through making some change and, and tackling some of these issues. And we've done plenty of episodes about, you know, the women's perspective and, and we do try and keep a balance here at Tradies in Business. Um, Nicole's not just a token host. She's actually the boss. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we have a fantastic partnership here, Coxie. And I think that's about equity rather than equality. Yes. Uh, and, and again, I won't dig into that one, but you know, it's just top topical. We had a session with one of our clients recently and I've spoken to a few guys of late and I'm, I'm literally supporting a few, a few blokes that I know through some pretty horrendous change in their lives. And I think a lot of men are just afraid to say what needs to be said to the people who need to hear it. And I'm not talking about being rude or abrasive or anything else, but to actually say to an employee who is underperforming, who is clearly not interested in being a part of the business team, just to say, mate, this is not working for either of us. I think the best thing for you to do would be to find a job somewhere else. I'll support you to do that, but it's time to move on, buddy. And the number of men who, when I, and you, Coxie, when we suggest that to them as their coaches, because Newsflash listeners, Coxie and I are coaches and mentors. We do this, uh, we do this for a living. The fear in their eyes, Coxie, when we suggest that they say that to a team member, mm. you can just see the color drain from their face mm. and they've been avoiding it for the last 18 months. <laughs> and, and yet when they do it, they find out that it probably wasn't that bad. And even if it was, it was so important because they can now actually help more clients in a better way. They find a better team member and life becomes a little more enjoyable and profitable. And that means they can take a holiday with their kids or pay for their braces or mm. whatever it is that's been getting sacrificed because of the avoidance of that shitty conversation and that, that business owner work. I've had a, a lot of, um, Mind-blowing. They've been really mind-blowing, upsetting, paralyzing conversations of late uh, with tradies in particular around a fear of failure and how that is preventing them from being able to get the clarity that they need to do what they need to do. So, again, they're avoiding conflict. Um, and I tend – look, I think it's something we're all frightened of. I really do. I don't think it's just men. I think it's everyone. We're all frightened of failing. But my challenging question to them is, well, what is failure? How, what do you determine failure to look like? Because like success, right, we, we actually are in control of what success looks like for us. Mm. We're in control of what failure looks like to us. Um, going bankrupt and then building an amazing life and getting on with it is hugely successful. It's not failure. There's a lot of lessons in that. And we, we did a fantastic episode with uh, our good mate Pete who talks about a lot of what he went through and what that looked like and that actually is a success measure for him now in life and there are huge opportunities in any of these uncomfortable situations that feel like failure to learn and grow and turn them into a success so I guess my question when we talk around why won't you have that hard conversation what's preventing you from having that hard conversation it's always fear and that fear when you're really nitty-gritty down into it often is a fear of failure well I've obviously 
done the wrong thing or it might mean that I can't then serve as enough clients or I don't know how to do it better. It's all that fear of failure and I want to challenge our listeners to think about, well, what does failure actually look like? Failure isn't that your team member didn't work out. Failure isn't that, my God, God forbid, you lost all your money or your home or, or your marriage broke down or any of those things. They aren't actually even failure. What is failure is not getting up and giving it a go, not trying the best that you possibly can, not being prepared to front up to some of this hard stuff as a business owner and make these critical decisions. To me, that's failure, but that doesn't even need to be failure to you, listener. You can determine what your own version of failure looks like. And for you, you know, that might simply be that you didn't make one buck today. could be as simple as that if that's what you want it to be. It makes it pretty easy to succeed, doesn't it? Mm. Narrow that field or your definition of what you think failure is Make it easier for you to succeed because succeeding is really quite empowering and addictive and you'll want to do it more frequently. Yeah, it's, it's um, such a widespread issue. And again, and I'm not trying to de-genderize this, it's not a problem that's only specific to the men that are listening. No. I know, you know, I have some fantastic lady friends. Uh, don't tell my wife. But... Uh, <laughs> you know, we all struggle with this. It's a human affliction, just the way society is constructed. Uh, it probably is more obvious in the men because they're charged with the hiring and the firing and a lot of those decisions, particularly in trade businesses. Yeah. Um, and not because their wives are too timid to do it. It's just, you know, we fill different roles in those partnerships. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've heard some fantastic things from very passionate, uh, I guess, um, what's, what's the, like positive action women uh, is probably mm-hmm. the best way I can describe it. You know, young women who are really passionate about women being involved in business and leadership and all that sort of stuff, which I absolutely support. And I've, I, I really, I like hearing those same women speak with tears in their eyes about how hard it was for them to realize how much suffering their husbands were feeling from the stress of all of the stuff in their business that they carry and the the responsibility that they they load themselves up with their choice but they do load themselves up with the responsibility of taking care not of just their own family but the families of their employees and their suppliers Mm. and they just these guys just take on all of this responsibility and i think you know there's a lot of these sort of hidden big men out there that are crumbling under the weight of this stuff Mm. and and i think a lot of time you know that shows up as this reluctance to to mess with these things in their business because you know if i sack this guy what if it all comes tumbling down and i can't carry this load anymore Mm. and i think often it, it it stems from the fact that you know, if they get rid of an employee or they upset the apple cart too much, they've got to carry that bit extra weight and it's the straw that broke the camel's back scenario. And then what? Then they lose everything. And that goes back to what you're saying, Coxie, about, you know, that fear of failure and perhaps getting clearer about, well, what does success look like? Mm. Is success the $3 million business that doubles every year or is it actually how much your daughter loves you? Yeah. 
if she it, remembers, you know, the fishing trips with you yeah. from when she was nine. So There is uh, nothing more powerful than that exercise of determining your own success. Totally. And I don't, I actually think it's something that we should touch base on several times a year, much like planning. You've got to plan for your success. So what does your success actually look like? What is that, what is that measurement for you? Is it that you're, Kids still like you. Very much my success measure. <laughs> Absolutely right now is that I have two very young adults and they actually want to live in my home. They enjoy my company still. They like hanging around. Holy shit, I succeeded as a mum. I'm pretty impressed. <laughs> Parenting wins. <laughs> no, that was a big hashtag win for me. But that's the point, right? That, that was my measure of success. My measure of success isn't that they went out and, and got university degrees and then moved into professional careers because it's actually not something I can control first and foremost. And secondly, that's not a healthy measure for me. That's not where I feel that they will find their own happiness or version of success. So for me, it's just that we still have good relationships and we do. And you know what? That's actually really empowering. I don't have to get bogged down in making sure that, you know, I'm channeling them in the right direction and they're getting the education that I've, my success measure determines and so on and so forth. So my point is when you take the time to measure your own success, to create your own metrics, Put them in as KPIs in your business if you need to. But find what makes you feel successful. Write it down. Put it on the wall because if it's not on the wall and you can't see it, it won't ever happen. And start to live again. Stop being stuck in this paralyzing and polarizing space of not being able to have those hard conversations for fear of what might happen. Mm. Great advice, Coxie. And uh, I, th I think... Even more powerful are some of the questions that we've raised in this episode. I'm one of my um, personal quests, funnily enough, I use that language in life is to ask better questions and uh, make less statements. So, listeners, I'm going to ask you a question. What are you afraid of? Oh, that's a big one. What, what yucky stuff are you avoiding? Where are you actually? procrastinating on things that deep down I think we know what needs to be done. We know what should be done. We just convince mm. ourselves that it's not the right thing to do somehow. Uh, so I want to know, what are you afraid of? Drop a comment on our Facebook page, Instagram. Uh, you can find us on LinkedIn. You can send us an email to hello at tradesinbusiness.com.au. You could give Coxie a call. Her number is zero four. No, I won't give out of mobile number. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the bottom of every email I send out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but let us know. We want to know. What are you afraid of? What's what are you being? What are you allowing to hold you back? Where are you stuck? Uh, and as I said before, if you are, if you're feeling a bit of pain and suffering at the moment, if you're stuck somewhere and you know that you're stuck, um, reach out. We have a fantastic community. It's not just Coxie and I that can support you. We have a great community at the Trades and Business Group. Uh, we've got various levels of people are working with us at, and they're clearing a lot of this stuff. They're getting mm. stuck. It's it's not comfortable. It's definitely painful, but it's less painful than the long-term damage that you can do to your your family, to your finances, and to your own health, your mental health, and your and your emotional mm. health. So, um, don't say stuck. Don't say stuck. Don't stay stuck. That's better. <laughs> That reminds me of a South Park episode. <laughs> Don't say, say, okay. Anywho, uh, <laughs> okay. I'm going to stop whiffling and waffling. Uh, find us 
on any of those places, let us know what you're afraid of. We'd love to get you unstuck. And Coxie, um, thanks for being my co-host. Thank you for allowing me to be your co-host and for sharing this lovely space in our listeners' ears <laughs> with me. I can see rainbows coming out of your ears. Oh, does that look good? <laughs> you should take a photo for me. Uh, I couldn't finish on a serious note after all that. Um, <laughs> we love you as all listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, hope you had a good cup day if you did it. And if you didn't, then um, I hope you enjoyed your day anyway. And uh, we look forward to coming back to you with some more great content soon. Thanks for listening. Hooroo. You've been listening to the Tradies and Business Podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.